you for joining us for the Help for Wounded Spirits broadcast. We exist to help those wounded and suffering through life's trials. Here is our host and best-selling author, Doug Carriger. Great to be back with you, folks. What an honor it is to come across your airwaves, be part of this broadcast, be part of this community. We're excited about that, and I'm excited to introduce you here in a minute to my friend, Lauren. So uh, let me say hi to Lauren. Good morning, Lauren. Good morning, Doug. So I want to give you some background on Lauren. So Lauren's a pretty good buddy of mine. She's married to this great guy, Eric. Uh, They have a little girl, Elena, and uh, I met Lauren uh, Eric and, and their little baby last time I was at their church years ago they went to a church in Virginia and uh, a great church my dear friend Pastor John Charles is the pastor and many things happened in our life I'm going to let Lauren tell you a little bit about that but as things happened and as these trials came along and as these tests came along and as life seemed a little bit weird I'm thankful that someone had passed on Deb and my number to Lauren mm-hmm. and we had some ability to talk with her and, and, and go through some of the uh, PTSD counseling. And, and I'm going to say this before Lauren even speaks. Uh, Lauren would tell me stuff going on in her life. And those of us who've listened to people speak before and stuff like that, <laughs> we think people, you know, maybe are, you know, kind of being honest. and But then junk shows up and a little bit of junk shows up. And I go, wow, you know, Lauren's having a tough time. And then all of a sudden it's like, Hey, sorry, I didn't call when I was supposed to. I had a panic attack. Sorry, I didn't call when I was supposed to. Someone got shot in the pocket. (laughs) Sorry, I didn't call when I want to. The chiropractor almost broke my neck. I think I have a broken rib. Sorry, I didn't call you. There's asbestos in the wall. So folks, I want you to know, for a while, I'm thinking, this is either the craziest human being that ever lived, all right? Now, I had met her and her husband briefly, uh, you know, but let, let me say this. So, so Lauren, you know, she's not a 20 year old or anything. She's, you know, I'm, I'm not going to tell you her age, but she's north of 29. All right. She's got a college degree. She's, she's been married for years. She, she's been in the job world. Uh, uh, this was really happening to her. And, mm-hmm. and folks, I want her to tell you her story, but let me start with this one verse for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power Mm-hmm. and uh, end of love and of a sound mind. So I, I use that verse, Lauren, because fear really struck you. And boy, mm-hmm. it struck me before. So you and I had a kindred spirit in that area where I'm more of the emotional person. You're In your relationship, you're more of the emotional as the wife and your husband's more cerebral. In my uh, relation, marriage relationship, Debbie's the, <laughs> the cerebral mm-hmm. one. So I got where you were coming from. But tell us your story, if you would. Um, so just a quick little background about me. I'm, um, I grew up in a Christian home. I always went to church. I, I never really had huge things come up in my life where there was, you know, anything to be scared of. Um, I was pretty, um, I guess confident walking through life. And, um, I met my husband in high school and we started dating and then, I went to college and he went off to the military and um, then we got married at his boot camp right after he got out of boot camp. And then he went off to Alaska and I had to stay home, finish college while he was there. And then finally I got to move up there six months later. And then 
um, you know, I handled things through college. I've been through college. I, you know, you have five papers due all in one week. You've got five exams due that same exact week. You know, you're going through things. So anxiety is, you know, prevalent through college, but I just had never experienced the kind of anxiety that I had just recently gone through. Um, the military life was, it seemed super easy. You know, we always had an income coming in. We had free healthcare. It just, we always knew that we would be up and moving in three years. And, um, I kind of had it in my head that wherever we were moving, the Lord chose it for us because it wasn't anything that we can necessarily choose. It was, it just felt like, you know, the Lord was always guiding us everywhere we went. And then all of a sudden, um, he had to make the choice to either stay in and go against something that he was firmly against, the both of us were firmly against, and or get out and now get a whole new career and change our life completely. And, you and know, just so time, let, let me let me do this, Lauren, just so some background for you folks. And mm-hmm. this is kind of new to you, and I know what the story a little bit better. So, so Eric had spent years uh, in the Air Force, was making a 20 year career about it, of it. And Lauren mm-hmm. told you the story. They got married. She graduated from college. So, you know, they're just jetting around the world doing what the Air Force had for them and then showed up COVID-19. And then obviously mm-hmm. a year later showed up the vaccine. So Eric made a decision as many did. Uh, and I'm for vaccination freedom. I think the country was weird. Although they made right. some people do things. We found out it was a mess anyway. But so Eric was forced uh, to make a decision. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, so Eric and Lauren were forced. I mean, they're a family unit. And so at this point, Lauren, uh, you guys make the decision that, you know, we're not getting the vaccine. Mm-hmm. So I guess the Air Force gives you a certain amount of time and then you're out. Right. So he was already coming up on his end of his enlistment and we had to make the decision. They, you know, kept pushing him off with his religious exemption and then they waited until the last day. So we didn't even know if he was going to be in or out, in or out. So we didn't know if he should look for a new career, um, where we should move or anything like that. So on his very last day, they said, okay, we're denying you. So boom, just like that, he was out with no warning, nothing. So, um, and this was at the beginning of all the religious exemptions being put in and, um, so we, there wasn't a huge known factor about them denying everybody's. Um, so then, you know, I was super optimistic. I had my faith straight. I was, you know, the Lord's going to take care of us. This is, um, the right thing to do and let's stick to it. And then, so he got his new career, um, just miraculously. It was kind of like a, he applied one night and got it the next morning. Wow. And so it was local. So we didn't really have to worry so much about relocation, you know, assistance too crazy, you know, moving across country or anything. And then, um, so we got to stay in housing just for a couple months later and then we were forced to get out. So we, we could not find a place. I mean, the market was crazy, especially in Virginia and the housing market, the prices up there were like double anything anywhere else. It seemed like, and you, I mean, it was crazy. And so we, I finally found a rental home and I mean, it was about a 40 minute drive from his work and even from church. So it wasn't ideal, but you know, that was our option. And so we took it and, you know, something just didn't settle right with us about it. But, you know, we, we just felt like we didn't have any other choice. So then we move in and our church family had helped us load the truck. And so we, we move in, we find out that there is mold throughout the entire home. Um, 
And I couldn't help but just immediately think about my child. I don't want my my one-year-old growing up in a moldy home for a whole year. You know, that's their prime time for their, their lung health and everything. And that can affect her for the rest of her life. So I wasn't just thinking about ourselves, but just her growing up in that. And, um, and so we still had a whole nother truckload to move in. I guess somehow we had a whole lot of stuff. So we had to move right back out. Long story short, we were trying to fight for our money back. And she was, you know, saying that we didn't have that right. We were going to have to pay every single month for the rest of however long they found somebody else to rent the home. So $1,500 a month. And um, somehow a friend of ours found in the Virginia state law that we could get out of this. And so we got out of it after a long fight for that. Um, We had to move our stuff into storage because we didn't have a home. And all we had our just praise the Lord for our pastor and his giving heart that he opened the the church to us. I mean, it wasn't, you know, anything crazy, not like a prophet's chamber, whatever they call it. We had just the prayer room where you have the couch that opened up into a bed and we had a bathroom, no shower. Um, We had a sink. There was no oven or anything. Uh, so it's kind of like living in a hotel, but without a bed or a shower, actually. <laughs> and, it's kind of like living in a church. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So our friends let us come over and shower every day. So it was a lot on me knowing that I wasn't even able to have a home, like a shower for my child to bathe her in. I'd have to depend on somebody else. And that was just taking a toll on me psychologically, emotionally and everything. But it, you know, it, it was months of this, you know, trying to find a home. We were still waiting for our money back from the rental so that we could put that toward the home. And then um, some friends from church just opened their home to us, allowed us to move in. And um, that was really amazing for them to do that. But, you know, that brought along other other um, trials, just trying to mend two families together. And um yeah. So we were still looking for a home. We weren't sure if we wanted to rent or buy, and it was just a lot on me. And but it still wasn't to the point to where it was my breaking point. Everything was fine. You know, I felt like we were kind of still moving along through life. It wasn't going to get too bad. I just had not, you know, expected things to get the way they did. And then um, they gave us a, a time, a date for us to, you know, kind of get things hey, out. Hey, Lauren, the- hang on a second. Hey, folks, hang with us. I I want you to continue to listen to Lauren's story of how she got PTSD, of how we all ended up together as friends and serving God and learning from him. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Doug will return shortly. Meanwhile, you're hearing this music while radio stations are identifying themselves and broadcasting advertisements. Thanks for hanging with us. So here we are. So Lauren is, at this point, she's living with a church family and her, her, the kids and all that. And Lauren, right back to where you're at here. Yeah. So you're staying with a family um, and they gave us a timeline, you know, to, to, you know, kind of get out on our own. And um, so we were working towards that. And by the time that that time came, we hadn't gotten to where we needed to be. So we had put offers on homes and everything and, and the offers just were not being accepted. So we move out and we're now in a hotel 
And a hotel is what, like $4,000 a month just to live in a decent hotel that's not in a high crime area here in there in Virginia. Yeah. Um, so we're out daily looking at homes. Um, I feel terrible having to raise my child in a hotel, <laughs> trying to cook a meal in a hotel that's not an extended stay. Um, yeah. You know, there's, we just had a mini fridge. I, I brought my griddle so I could cook on the griddle and we had a little toaster oven that I brought with us. Um, so making meals that were really good home cooked meals for my family was really difficult. And I started having, I stopped, I stopped really being dedicated on reading my Bible and praying. So I think that was the kicker that started to make everything kind of go more south for me instead of just having the faith, you know, pulling through this and trusting the Lord. I, I stopped depending on him. So and, I want to, I just, you know, it's a learning point for our listeners here. Yeah. Folks, this happens to all of us, man. When when troubles come, we were talking. You remember from last week's uh, broadcast with uh, with Kevin and, and, and Lauren. Just to give you a heads up. You're making some real weird noises on your side, but oh. but when when troubles come, when times come, when t- when trials come, this you know this can happen. So anyway, back at you, Lauren. Sorry about that. Yeah. So we were looking for homes every day and. I felt terrible that our two-year-old was in the car almost all day looking at homes and we just couldn't find a lot of the homes that we were looking at in our price range. Just, I don't know if it was because the market, the area, I don't know what, but they were selling homes, ridiculous prices, and they were just not well taken care of homes. Like the floor would be ripped up. I remember this one house that the lady died in it and she hadn't lived there for years. And so now they open the home for sale and we had friends trying I'm to convince sorry. us. I, I can't help this, man. Forgive me. Anyway, go ahead, Lauren. I, <laughs> they, I had friends trying to convince me to get this house. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I mean, there's the flooring is completely ripped up and they're asking for what we can really afford. We wouldn't be able to put work into it. And so it was just not, it just seemed like everything that we try to do, it was just, everything was against us and we would offer put offers on homes, the exact price that they were asking for and they wouldn't accept it. And just the homes that we were looking at, I started seeing the same kind of thing in every home and it just got really discouraging. And I mean, I would have a lot of torment going to sleep just when everyone was asleep, Eric was asleep, um, Elena was asleep and I would be there laying awake with just all these thoughts of that Satan would put in my head just when it was just me, you know? Yeah. And, just that I wasn't taking care of my daughter the way I should. And I know a lot of moms go through that already. Just even when you have a great home and you have all the things, you just think that you're not doing enough and that's Satan's lies. And we can't let, we can't let in there like that. So I started having these feelings of just complete torment and I didn't know how to explain it to anybody. Um, And then after that, we, we finally just decided to just rent an apartment and I found the apartment and, you know, Eric wasn't too fond of it, but he just went with what I thought, which probably was the first mistake. And so we moved into this apartment and everything seemed great for just a little bit. And all of a sudden my biggest fear had shown forth its head that I had a fear of asbestos from looking at all these old homes with, you know, the floors that I guess were known to have asbestos, you know, were all taken up so that it was in the air kind of thing. And I 
I just made a deal that we weren't going to put any holes in the wall to disturb anything. And so I was kind of cool about it. And then all of a sudden we had plumbing problems and the, the contractor came out at two in the morning and just cut a ginormous hole in the bathroom wall. And I didn't know that that's what the noise was. I was trying to keep Elena in bed sleeping. And I came out and found after they left that there was a huge hole in the wall. And I immediately shut down. I instantly just was like, oh, my goodness, this powder that's all over the wall is asbestos. And, you know, I didn't know for sure. It was just instantly I just said that that's what it was in my head. And I immediately regretted. I like I was the one that found this apartment. I have my family here and here I am now. What I was trying to protect them from in these homes. Now here it is right in front of us. Yeah. And I can't do anything about it. And that was our only bathroom that had a shower in it. And I cl- I completely closed off that bathroom. I didn't want anybody going in it. I didn't know how we were going to take showers. And um, yeah. I went to the office and I, I asked them about proof for as- that they didn't have any asbestos. And all she could say was that they didn't. And my brain just turned anxiety. And no matter what you tell me, it's not going to be right. Like, it's so hard to fight an anxiety anxious brain when it's telling you one thing. And, um, that was just the start of my anxiety journey right there. I mean, it was a buildup of all of that, but that was what set it off. Well, you were, you know, going back to what you had said a while ago, as I had shut down from the Bible reading, I shut down from all these things and Mm -hmm. just existing with fear and worry and trying to find a place to live and, living with people who were wonderful to us and then living mm-hmm. in a hotel. And then I find this apartment and I mean, it sounds to me you're, you're in total hypervigilant mode here. Mm-hmm. So I mean, short of having a uh, biochemical engineer come out and run tests for you. I mean, it's, it's, it's just crazy what's going on there. Yeah. And uh, so from there, I mean, yeah, so yeah. I did, I ended up having, I called an asbestos company and I had them come and the guy felt terrible for me. I mean, he probably thought I was crazy too about this point. And he was just like, I'm going to send someone over and we'll just take a sample. And then, so they got it tested and it came back negative. And I was like, well, listen, you took a sample of this part of the wall, but they cut into this part of the wall. So how am I supposed to know that this part of the wall doesn't have asbestos when you only tested that part of the wall? And it was like, nothing could make me satisfied or settled. Like everything it's like, no matter what, my brain just would not stop panicking over something. And when it, when, when one thing would just like calm down and I would stop panicking about something, it was like something brand new would come up and then I would have freak outs about something else. And I started having anxiety symptoms and my first one was like squeezing of my head. And I was like, yo, what is that? And then I had chest burning and, um, I went to the ER and as soon as they told me, after they ran tests and everything, everything was fine. They said, you know, it sounds to me like it could maybe be anxiety. And I, as soon as they said those words, the burning stopped. And I was like, whoa, what happened? Like, how did that just stop? And so it's like a huge connection with the brain and the body, like the mind and the body. Whenever you, when you know something is finally like fine, then it'll stop. And then a new symptom came up literally a minute later and it was just insane to see how much your brain lies to you you know and you know I had never experienced anxiety symptoms in my life and I saw it with my family members but I didn't 
Yeah. I didn't experience it for myself. And so it's a lot. It, it is. It is. And hey, folks, listen, this is this is obviously something we're going to carry on tomorrow because I really want to get to the point where uh, Lauren and uh, and we're working through the PTSD issue and everything mm-hmm. happening in their life. And so there's definitely a place we're going with this. And uh, so we want we want to continue this on. And I want you to hear how, how Lauren, how God helped Lauren and some things they did in their life to get away from those triggers. Cause mm-hmm. you probably figured out by now, there's a ton of triggers uh, going mm-hmm. on in Lauren's life right now, because when you get so hypervigilant, hypervigilant and it doesn't slow down, this is where you wake up folks is, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you know, at the edge of just exploding. But listen, we sure do love you. Come back tomorrow and listen to the end of Lauren's story. You really want to hear it. I promise you it's good. It's all getting better. So hang with us. We'll talk to you tomorrow. May God bless you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our broadcast. At Help for Wounded Spirits, we believe the Bible and place great importance on you having a personal relationship with your Lord and Savior. The Bible delivers a clear and simple message of salvation outlining how you can begin your personal relationship now. First, recognize that you are a sinner, as all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, understand that there is a cost to our sin, as the wages of sin is death. Third, realize that Jesus alone paid that price. To receive salvation, simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart that He alone can save you, and He will. If we can help you with your salvation or to direct you to a local church, please do not hesitate to contact us. For additional helpful resources, including our new TV series, more information, or to donate and support this crucial ministry, please visit us at WoundedSpirits.com. May God bless you.